I'm Jess Connolly, and you are listening to the Go and Tell Gals podcast. We exist to equip and encourage kingdom women who are using their God-given gifts for the good of others and the glory of God. If you are a mom, a student, an artist, a doctor, we are hoping that this episode will leave you encouraged and ready to run. We're so glad you're here. Let's go. True story, Emily. Let's hop right in. (laughs) I wanted to tell this at the top of this episode. True story. Emily's joining me for today's podcast. And when you saw this on our podcast schedule spreadsheet, you were not into it. Yeah. Say more. (laughs) Well, it it was initially presented as, is God calling me to wait? And then it was like, he's not. And I was like, what? I think he is. Anyway, and we dove into it a little bit further, and that yeah. is true. Yeah. Yeah. Also, I will say, as soon, now that we say it out loud, I'm like, this episode is not about sex. <laughs> <laughs> it's not. If you not one. This is not about that. We are talking about, is God calling you to wait in your life and in your calling? Honestly, um, that is a really good idea. Thank you for clarifying <laughs> because you're so right. As soon as I saw the title, I was like, oh, oh, that's not what you mean. <laughs> different podcast, different podcast. Okay. Let's talk about, are you a good waiter? I do want to know. Are you a patient waiter? I think it depends. I'm actually probably, I would say no. I'm, I, I would say love, no. Yeah, I'm like, let's just, <laughs> I love the idea of like, what can we do? You know, Caroline on our team is always like, classic M, going to fix it. And I'm like, and that is true. It's like, yeah. oh, it's broken. Like unplug it, yeah. plug it back in, restart it. Well, I'm a horrible waiter. I think it's okay to say, like, I'm not a great waiter. I'm not a patient waiter. I'm not a gentle waiter. And it took me researching this episode to really actually be like, okay, sometimes God does call people to wait. Because when I first pitched this episode to you guys, it was like, I think everybody thinks God's calling them to wait and he's not. So yeah, which is where then I stepped in and was like, wait, what? (laughs) You were like, sometimes. Exactly. I was like, I actually am in a waiting period, (laughs) which is interesting. And we can obviously dive in. So this is why she was like, oh, you don't like this podcast episode? You're going to be on it. <laughs> you're on it. That's how it works in our office. If you challenge something, you're helping me create it. Okay. Here's how bad I am at waiting. I want you to picture the year. It's 2004. Mm-hmm. How old are you in 2004? Um, it depends. I'm nine. I'm eight or nine years old. Okay. Okay. <laughs> good, good reference. In 2004, I am, my boyfriend is Nick Connolly, and I believe he's about to propose. And Wait, you have to say how old you are, too. I, I'm it's not embarrassing. Like, <laughs> <laughs> we're not that far apart we're in not. age. Whoa, I was 19. Yeah. Yeah, okay. 10 years. I was 19, and I had a hunch that he was about to propose. So I logged into his online banking platform, and I looked up his most recent large purchases, and I saw a check had been written to a jewelry store. And I clicked on said image of that check. And I looked in the reference line of that check. And I looked up the number, the style number of the ring he had purchased. And this is where waiting backfired for me. Because I looked it up online. And so first of all, I'm like, yay, good. He's about to propose. Oh, here's the ring. Here's the actual style number he wrote on the check. Because he's a great, you know, Enneagram one, very tidy kind of guy. 
And I looked it up online and it was the ugliest ring I'd ever seen (laughs) in my whole life. It looked like a stoplight and I had nightmares about it. And that was God just getting me, I think, a little bit because that was not, in fact, the ring he proposed with. But I'm not a great waiter. Yeah, You and I were processing this episode just earlier today, and I I was telling you I'm not really feeling this episode. And the reason why I wasn't really feeling it is because I'd just gotten done having a little bit of a cry session about our house, which if anyone's been following on social media, you might know. we It's like Gilligan's Island, like the beginning of Gilligan's Island. Did you ever see that show, Too Young? Yeah, I don't like that kind of stuff. Well, there's like a song about like they went out for a three-hour tour and they got stuck on the deserted island. And that's what plays in my head whenever I think about my renovation because Mm -hmm. we left our house on July 9th for a four-week fun detour. And we were going to come back to like a minorly renovated house. And today, as of filming, it's September 28th. And we are definitely still weeks away. And it's just like every week or a few more weeks away, which has been discouraging. And literally it took me like, I had to walk out of the room, walk out of our office, go cry, pull it back together. And then I was like, well, we should probably record this episode today. (laughs) (laughs) I'm probably in a great space. What about you and waiting, Em? Yeah. Well, a lot of you probably do not know my degree is actually in biology. Mm. I went to Clemson and I, for the longest time after graduating, actually throughout college, I was planning on going to some kind of higher ed that was for healthcare. My most recent was in med school. So I felt like for four years post-graduation, I was like actively let's call it like active waiting. Like I was making steps to doing something, but like God was like, not yet, not yet, not yet. And then praise the Lord that like last year he was like, Hey, I'm closing this door for med school and you're actually going to do a whole career change, which is why I'm here now. But I feel like that was a huge waiting. And like, I was waiting for something and I actually never got it. And I think that there was like on the other side of it was like, I mean, I'm here now and I can't even imagine, I never would have been in this place. So yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that was probably like my most recent, like biggest story. I do want you to know that while that's been a story of God's faithfulness and your patience and your growth, I probably pull it out way too casually as a bragging point that I'm always like, M basically left med school to work at Goins Hog House. <laughs> I was like, I was not in med school. I always say like, it was going to be a doctor and she decided instead to work for us, which makes me feel so loved. Yeah. And that loved isn't the right word because it's not about me, but it makes me feel so excited about our business. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, she could have everyone. She could have been a real scientist. I don't know what the word is. Whatever the word. Doctor. It's doctor doctor is the word. Doctor. Okay. Who is this episode for? Listen, this episode is for anyone who feels like they are in a waiting period, not using their God-given gifts. This episode is for anyone who is waiting for God to do something that they have asked him to do. Mm. This episode is for anyone who may one day be in a waiting period. This is for the kind of gals who say, I think God's calling me to wait, but you're really not sure. If you're not in a waiting season, if you are not thinking that that could be something for you, you probably know someone who uses that language or who is going to one day use that language. So this is for you. This is for everybody. 
It's for those of you who are good at waiting, maybe give us some tips. It's for those of you like me who are not great at waiting. So first of all, you know, again, this is me repenting. I'm repenting right now live on the podcast that I have not been a fan of waiting. And also let me give you context. I'm a coach, obviously through go and tell gals. That's what we do. We coach women and I coach a lot of women and I coach a lot of women who tell me they feel like they're supposed to wait. And I think something about my God-given gifts and my nature as an Enneagram 8 and my belief in people has led me to almost always doubt that. Yeah. <laughs> when someone tells me they feel like they're supposed to wait, I'm like, are you? Are you? And I'm going to unpack that. I'm going to unpack why I think that's true. But researching for this episode, I'm repenting and I'm saying, okay, biblically, I would like to see that there is a large case for waiting in the Bible. Mm -hmm. There are about a million verses about waiting. There are incredible stories about waiting. There's Abraham and Sarah who waited on God to have kids. There's David who waited to be king. There's Moses who waited to begin ministry. There's Jesus who waited 30 Mm. years to begin his ministry. There's Hannah who waited 19 years for a child. There's Jacob waiting to marry Rachel. There is Job waiting for healing. And some of them waited well and some of them did not, but we can't argue with the fact that God seemingly ordained those Mm -hmm. periods of waiting for their good and his glory. I don't like it, but it's there. Yeah. Are there any particular verses or stories about waiting that like mess with you or that you enjoy or that have taught you from the Bible? Yeah. Joseph is like a really oh I can't yeah I can't I'm out I can't I'm out so interesting so you know actually you guys might not know I'm actually one of a big family so maybe the story of Joseph is interesting to me of just like sibling dynamics and all that stuff and I felt like I felt the beginning of this year that God was actually talking to me I was like asking him for things and he's like honestly, can you just wait on me and worship me? And then in that, like we talked about is like, I felt like he also told me a lot of like what this period kind of will look like. But yeah, with Joseph, it's just like fascinating because he gave Joseph all of these dreams and was like, you will lead. And even like he told his siblings and they laughed and maybe he didn't do it out of like in a humility, like with humility, But his story is so fascinating because like then he still went and was like a prisoner and he did it so faithfully. I love that. Let me tell you, I can't believe I didn't put that in the notes. Let Mm -hmm. me tell you the most devastating verse in the Bible for me. Genesis 41 verse 1. When two full years had passed. And this is after Joseph has been imprisoned already for some time. The chapter before that says for some time. This is after he has already helped the kings, I believe the cupbearer. He's helped them. He's prophesied basically the stream for the baker and the cupbearer. The cupbearer has gone back to be with Pharaoh. And then just chapter 41, verse 1, when two full years had passed. And I'm like, two two, two years? <laughs> two years? Yeah. Are you and that's me? after he'd already waited. That's after he'd already been sold into slavery. That's after he'd already experienced so much hardship. I get yeah. Joseph, man. Oh, man. But then Joseph says, What you did, what you meant for my harm, God used for my good, Mm. which is wild. Yeah. It's too much. Woo. Okay. There's precedence for hearing from God and waiting for God. And obviously that's not even to reference any of the verses that like Exodus 14, I think 14, 14. 
414, 14, 14. Goodness gracious, I should know. <laughs> it's my daughter's life verse. The Lord will fight for you. You need only be still. Mm. There's a lot of passages about like the beauty in waiting on the Lord and what he'll do as you wait on him. But this is where I wrestle. So let me get my struggle out on the table. Okay, here's where I wrestle. I wrestle because I feel like when women on mission or just kingdom women in general talk about waiting, they almost always equate it to punishment or discipline. Mm, Yes. Like I have done wrong. I am being told to wait. But we actually see something very scripturally opposite in a lot of circumstances in the Bible, that people were actually exactly where they were supposed to be, doing what they were supposed to be doing, and God still allowed them to wait. Okay? So I wrestle there because I feel like it's the way we talk about waiting, like, well, God's just making me wait because of this. And I'm like, well, really? Okay? So I wrestle there. I also wrestle with any time someone assumes that waiting is doing nothing. One of the conversations that got me, like really messed me up about waiting maybe 12 years ago is I was talking to another mom and she was telling me, she was identifying that like me, she had a lot of dreams about ministry. And she said, but you know, God's just benched me for right now. And she said, I'm a mom and like where I really need to be is at home and God's just benched me. And I hated that sentence and I hated the idea that God would use motherhood as a bench to sit someone on out of mission for a million different reasons, mainly because motherhood and mission are not at war. And we have multiple podcasts about this, but also because motherhood is mission and because waiting and not even if you're very sure that God doesn't want you doing ministry outside of your home, it's not that you're doing nothing in that season that it could be massive preparation. It could be studying. It could be preparing. It could be getting the equipping that you need. So I struggle with that. I struggle with any time someone diminishes the truth or the beauty around this idea that while we wait, that what is happening in us is actually usually preparing us. And it's all so messy and it's all so blurred that I think it's really hard for us in our own lives to say like, this is waiting, this is preparation, this is running, this is harvest. A lot of our lives are mixed and mingled Mm -hmm. with multiple different layers. And then lastly, I would just say I really struggle when anyone assumes that some kind of worldly block or resistance coming against us using our gifts or stepping into any kind of calling means that God wants us to wait. Because oftentimes, again, there's precedence for this biblically, we will see someone have to persistently resist against trouble or hardship or worldly barriers Mm -hmm. to take a step forward. And I think a lot of times in our generation, if we have a small block, we're like, I'm out, God's calling me to wait. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, well, who said so? You know, an example of this would be, we coach a lot of women who are interested in traditional publishing and they will go to one literary agent and that agent will say no. And they'll be like, so I guess, I guess I'm not supposed to write books. And I'm like, sister, you got to go like, six more agents. There's so much more we can do. That was the first one. That does not mean this is a door shut. That does not mean God is calling Mm -hmm. you to wait or say no. 
All right, friends, you guys know that we love coaching here at Go and Tell Gals, but did you know that one way we coach women is through our products? So we actually love coaching women through t-shirts and hats and all different types of fun little things like keychains and stickers. And the reason why is we want to speak life for you. We want to speak life over right where you're at in your most tender moments. And we actually have a new line of products that launched today. I'm not even and embarrassed to tell you they are the cutest things we've made so far. We have a super cute black crop top that says not in a hurry. Come on. We have a beautiful sweatshirt that's like brilliantly colored that talks about the kingdom of God that you're going to want to check out. We just have some of our favorite things we've ever made. And just to bless you for being a podcast listener, we want to give you a 10% discount code that you can use anytime. That code is on mission. O-N-M-I-S-S-I-O-N, all one word. It'll get you 10% off everything in the shop and you can use it whenever. But if I were you, I would hop on some of these new fall styles. We're grateful for you. Let's keep going. Do you have any qualms with waiting? Yeah, actually, so many things, so okay. many topics that I was thinking about. I've had a lot of conversations about this period. And one thing that stuck out to me too is like also like when you feel like God is telling you to wait, like maybe also, yeah, it's not been doing nothing. I think about it in terms, I've had this conversation with my sister about like, sometimes I think God, a lot of times in the Bible is telling women to like, kind of like settle down and, and like be gentle and quiet. But I think it's because like, he also wants to talk to you. And as women, we are such doers. I don't really know how like sound that is, but we just like sitting around with that conversation. But also in terms of like pressing into what God is calling you to do, I totally agree with that. I grew up in a space that was like, oh, whatever God's will is. And then it's like, yeah, but are we just like selling ourselves short of like, you know, you pray for something and you're like, but God, like whatever you want. And like, yeah, at the end of the day, like he has a plan, but I think we are actually just cushioning that, softening the blow of actually being disappointed. Like we are reading closed doors or we're seeing like one door shut as like an, okay, let me just put this dream away because like, this isn't where God wants me, but it's like, maybe we're scared of like pressing in and Mm. we're like scared of pushing forward. And we're scared of like, also like, God's not scared of your questions. He's not scared of you being like, are you like asking me to step into this more? Or are you actually closing this door? Like he's not scared of any of that stuff. So like, you don't need to be like tidy with God. I think that's like a big thing is like, He's not scared of you coming to him and being like, I don't know, is this it? Why are you asking me to wait? A hundred percent. I love that. If anything, I always want to advocate on our podcast, women talking to God and hearing from God. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, but you're going to have to ask him. You're going to have to ask him, is this a waiting season? What are you doing? What do you want me to learn while I'm waiting? What mm-hmm. are you up to? Show me some of the things you're doing. And I could not agree more. He's not intimidated by that. He's no. not freaked out. He actually wants to show you. Okay. So if we've talked about some, okay, waiting periods sometimes do obviously seem to be ordained by God. And we've kind of <laughs> given the caveats to that. How in the name of Jesus do we wait well? Mm-hmm. How in the name of Jesus do we wait well? I'll start with my top point, okay, which is I think we grieve. <laughs> <laughs> Today, when I got that news about my house, I mean, this is just real time, friends. That was like an hour ago. I 
moved into like our alternate office and took a few minutes to cry. And I had actually been texting a friend of mine who had just texted and said like, Hey, give me the update. When are you back in your house? And right before my husband had come in to give me the news, I had texted her and I said, hopefully next Sunday. (laughs) And then, so I pulled out my phone and texted her and said, it's not going to be next Sunday. It's not going to be next Sunday. And she was like, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. And I said, it's okay. I'm just sitting in the my office crying and trying to pull my stuff together. And she said, well, just FYI, I always have to cry to pull my stuff together. Mm -hmm. And I was like, good word, good word. And so I just want to say for anyone who is in a waiting period, whether you're waiting on a spouse or a career or a calling or a shift or movement or like some God to move or shift something in your life, whether you're waiting on a kid to get saved or you're waiting on financial breakthrough or you're waiting on good news. I just want to say, not that you need our permission, but you have so much permission to grieve that it's been hard or that it is broken. There is in no way, shape or form a God that is tapping his foot frustrated with you and waiting on you to learn some lesson so he can move on. He is compassionate toward his daughters. And especially Mm. if you are experiencing heartache or pain in your waiting, he is compassionate towards you. He Mm. loves you. He wants good for you. He wants the good stuff for you more than you want the good stuff for you. I think that missing out on grieving in the process of waiting could be really detrimental to the rest of the process, Mm -hmm. honestly, you Mm -hmm. know? What about you? You have any thoughts? I have a thought and actually it's more of a question because, and this might be, I think this is good for like our listener of when we're talking about is like grieving in that space. And I agree. Like I just like pray and I just get to God, get with God. And I like talk to him, like you're my father, but you're my friend. And this is how I would talk to my friend who I'm like a little bit spicy with of being like, why is this happening? But I think also something that I constantly have to check myself in is like, like sometimes I'm like, is God maybe waiting for me to learn this lesson before this breakthrough will happen? Yeah. And I think constantly I have to check myself of like, and and it's not that it's that punishment maybe of like, of like, oh, well, once I learn that lesson, then God will let me have this. And then I'm like, well, what is this lesson? And I think I get in this like really bad, like cycle of it being like, then it, it's actually up to me to get out of this period. Right. And then it it defeats the whole purpose of like God doing some work in your life. And you're like, this is a test. (laughs) I'm like, I got you, God. Sit here and like, you know. Okay. Here's a totally alternate podcast episode. How many actually times in scripture are people being tested? Mm. But like we walk around all the time like this is a test. Yeah. Now, am I going to choose right if I pick the blueberry bagel Will he give me the thing I wanted? <laughs> if I wait and I actually take the whole wheat bagel, you don't know. That's yeah, how silly, but that's yeah. how our brains work. Yeah. You know? Yeah. If I get all these emails sent today, will God send me that one email that I've been waiting on? Exactly. And well, so I think that that's something that it's like, if you're waiting and you're wondering like, what is God teaching you? He's going to be teaching you, but also he can be teaching you in the action and in the waiting period. And I think that that was another thing is like, for me, like when God was like, Hey, I want you to like, wait, you're waiting on me because don't you feel like my timing is so much better than anything that you could ever plan. But then also while you're waiting, like 
I want you to worship me. And I was like, yeah, 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 yeah. God, I get you. I get you. I get you. <laughs> and then I like came back to it and I was like, oh my God, he's asking you to worship me. And he's asking me to worship him. And I'm like, yeah. And I'm like, I get it. And I'm sure God's like laughing of being like, I've always told you this. But even in that, I felt like he was also telling me of like, you're in this space of like, you're here to harvest and like bring together women and that's who you are. You're here to encourage and you're supposed to bring people together. And like, yeah, it's not like if you decided not to do that, that's like, I think God still just would be like, okay. Yeah. But he's like, do you want the abundance? I'm asking you to step into the spaces that you already are. You're already in a space where you have a lot of people in your life that you get to just encourage and build up and make connections and grow them. Not grow them, but like yeah. build them up and build their help build their community maybe. Anyway, I think that's what it is, but it's getting close to God and hearing from him. And again, I was like, he just wants me to wait. He just wants me to wait. And I think he was like, you're missing the whole point. Yeah. I said to worship me. Yeah. And so, Oof. you know, like, yeah. and I was like, okay, God, I'll just sign. I actually, I'll like clench my fists waiting. I'll like cry about waiting. Ooh. And then he's like, he's like, I told you to worship me. I told you to worship me. And I'm like, hey, I, I, but like also it's easy for me to be like, no, no, I'm just waiting. And then he's like, this is your action point of like step into the space and like you can just like preach my name. Come it on. doesn't need to be around to everybody, but it's like, he's like, that's all I want from you. Okay. So let me also synthesize something you're saying into a second point. So we're saying like, okay, number one, a one way to wait well is to grieve. What if a second point of how to wait well is to not assume it's going to be miserable. Yeah. Like, don't assume that the wait is going to be bad for you. Mm -hmm. Romans 8, 28 says he's working all things together for your good. There's some beauty to saying like, all right, I'm in this wait. So what are you going to do? Mm -hmm. What are you up to? Let me praise you through it and look for and speak the blessing over it. Okay. Woof. That's good. Yeah. Okay. I would say no matter what, my next encouragement would be to talk to God. Mm -hmm. Talk to God about your waiting period. Tell him what's hard about it. Tell him where you're confused. The worst thing I think we can do when we're disappointed or frustrated or confused is cut off communication. Yeah. And I think that's where bitterness and doubt comes in. But every time you talk to God, even if you're saying, hey, I'm pissed, <laughs> I'm confused, I'm angry, I'm tired, I'm sad, I need insight, that is exercising intimacy with mm -hmm. him. And he is not not put off by you. He loves you. He wants to talk to you. So I would say grieve. Don't assume you're going to have to grieve. Yeah. Worship, pray. I would also add get equipped for what you think is next. Mm, yeah. Get equipped for what you think is next. Let me give you a dumb example and let me give you a serious example. A dumb example is okay, guess what? It looks like it's going to be another 20 days. I just threw up in my mouth a little bit, but another 20 days till I'm back in my house. So I got 20 days to make a plan. Mm. I've got 20 days to maybe make an unpacking plan. I've got 20 days to look for more inexpensive fun and encouraging art to put on my walls. I've got 20 days to prep my kids for this and to talk about what we're excited about for the fall. I've got 20 days. And so I can look at it like a death sentence, which once I say mm -hmm. it out loud, sounds pretty stupid. Or I can look at it as an interesting preparation time. And um, the less silly version of this is, I think I just talked about this on a recent podcast, but I can't not come back to it. But 
The season for us that was the most broken in our family's life, that was absolutely the most waiting period we've ever been in, I would say would be like the years 2008 until maybe 2012. And in that four-year period of time, we knew we were called to plant a church, but our family was utterly broken. We were exhausted. We were struggling with poverty, postpartum depression, and huge medical issues with our kids. And I could have definitely felt like I was being benched by God. We had no money. We had no resources. But every every strength I operate out of a ministry God built in that season. Mm. And I still, I'm telling you, still to this day, 10 years later, I operate out of a level of passion because I remember like what God did in me in that season and what he showed in me in that season. My love for the word was built in that season. My love for writing was built in that season. I was posting two or three blog posts a day because I just wanted to write to women. I just wanted to talk to women and I didn't need an invitation to do it. A lot of my creativity and my business skills were born out of that season. It was absolutely a time to get equipped. And it didn't look like formal equipping. But I would say if you're in a waiting season, who says you can't humbly go and learn more about yeah. whatever it is is coming next yeah, for you? Good. I think a waiting season can be an incredible season to let your heart be burdened and broken for the things that God is going to call you to. Mm -hmm. And I would say this also feels really healthy because it will keep you from looking at your own season with really like a microscopic lens of like, it's only me. This is only hard for me, but it's an incredible time to get burdened for the people around you and for the callings around you. Mm -hmm. And then lastly, my last point on how to wait well is use your gifts despite your setting. There are so few. I can almost Jesus is basically the only example I can find, but like even in Paul's waiting period and even in different biblical characters waiting season, they were not not doing ministry. Mm -hmm. They were just not doing broader ministry. And so I would say like, hey, do you feel like God's called you to teach, but you're at home with your kids? Teach your kids. Do you feel like yeah. you're called to lead, but no one's invited you into it? Lead where you're at. Lead in your coffee shop. Lead in the context of your friend group. Yeah. Do not wait for an invitation, but do absolutely use your gifts where you're at. And that's not to say like, we just don't know about Jesus's first 30 years. So like, but I would assume he was loving people. Yeah. I don't think he was yeah. sitting there like, don't anybody talk to me. Yeah. He's like, my ministry hasn't started until I'm 30. <laughs> so wait. Can't do anything. Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, he yeah. does have that spicy moment with his mom, which is like my favorite when he's like, it's not my time yet, lady. Yes. But then he's still, and then it's still actually, he still it does what she wants him to yeah. do. So maybe that is a good example. I don't know. What about you? Any other thoughts about like good ways to wait? Yeah, no, I was thinking while you're talking and unpacking, I'm thinking that same thing of like Abraham and Sarah, granted, they weren't like the best waiters. No, they and, were liars. Yeah, like there's, there's <laughs> a lot there, but also like there's a lot that happened in that time of them waiting for a kid. Like Joseph, even in his time of waiting, like I just believe that he was like telling people about the dreams that he had. And I wonder if like people were like, wait, when were these dreams? Yeah. And he was like, oh, they were like 25 years ago. And yeah. people were like, wait, you're still believing these? That's Are you good. a little crazy? And I think that it's like, if God told you something, God told you something. Yeah. Like you don't need to dismiss it of being like, well, yeah, you're right. God put an expiration date. And if it did nothing was going to happen in five years, like it's not going to happen. Yeah. And I think I just like think about what they were doing in those times of waiting 
And so I think that's just like so big of like when David was waiting to be king and when Moses was waiting to be into ministry and stepping into these spaces. I think they're just like, again, they're, they didn't just sit like on a log. They weren't benched. They didn't sit in the dugout and say like, well, God told me to wait. Like, I know that they were still like living and in living, you're serving others. You have gifts that you may not even have call them gifts that you specifically have and that you get to step into in that space. That's good. I think it's helpful to bring up Abraham and Sarah again, because especially as we're talking about how to wait well, let's do remind ourselves that Abraham and Sarah waited awful and there were consequences. And God still fulfilled what he Mm -hmm. said he would. So some of you need to hear this. Like, if you haven't waited well in the past, it does not negate God's faithfulness in your future. It just doesn't. And moreover, what I think is helpful for us to remember, again, is that waiting well is not how we earn God's promises. Waiting well is not how we earn God's hand or his character. Waiting well is what we do for us. Mm. It's what we do for our hearts. Yeah, It's something God wants for us. It's not something He wants from us. Mm-hmm. So wait well, but don't wait well to prove that you're worthy so that God will do what He said He's going to do, you know? Yeah. Okay. Let's cap it off with five bad reasons to wait. We actually talk about these a lot around the Glen Tell Girls office, which is probably why I'm so salty about waiting. <laughs> but here, if you've made it to this point in the episode and you still feel like, you know what? God's still calling me to wait. Here are five horrible reasons to wait. So if any of these are the reasons why you find yourself waiting, I would go back to God and say, are you really telling me to wait? So the very first one is, I'm just not sure God wants me to use my gifts right now. And the reason why this is often a bad reason to wait is because what people actually mean when they say this is... I don't think God wants me to live out the version of fruit that I would imagine when I use my gifts. Mm. So let me give you an example. What we don't mean is, I don't think God wants me to use my gifts. What we mean is, I don't know if God wants me to be famous, or I don't know if God wants me to be rich, or I don't know if God wants me to have a massive platform. But God actually loves his kids using their their gifts for the good of others and the glory of God. So just like Emily said, you don't have to consider the fruit to flesh this out. Like a lot of women are worried. A lot of women are worried about a level of worldly success that we need to not ever even attached to obedience using to our gifts. Mm -hmm. So if you're saying like, oh, I'm just not sure God wants me to use my gifts right now. Ask the secondary question, like, do I really mean, like, I don't think he wants me to be using my gifts in a way that would cause some level of worldly success. The second really, really, really bad reason to wait is because you're worried you're going to make it all about you. The reason why this is a horrible reason to wait is because in not using your God-given gifts, in not stepping forward into what God has for you, you actually make it all about you. Are you going to make using your gifts about you? Are you going to have a prideful thought? Are you going to make it about your own glory? You are a hundred percent. It is going to happen. But here's what, when it does happen, you're going to notice it. You're going to repent and you're going to shift. But if you wait on using your God-given gifts because you're worried you're going to make it about you, you have just made it all about 
you. So do not wait in stepping forward because you're worried you're going to make something about you. Instead, go humble, get good guards in your life, get good people to check in on you, build a path that is absolutely all about serving other people and about God's glory. And you will not have to worry about making it about yourself. Mm -hmm. You will have to check in on yourself and you will have to repent, but you don't have to hold back because of this. A third reason that you are waiting, that is a bad reason that many of us might be waiting is because we're not sure where to start. And the reason why this is a bad reason is because a lot of us glorify knowing the exact right first step. And sometimes God gives us the freedom to just take a step. Mm -hmm. Sometimes there isn't an exact right first step. Sometimes it's just making a move. This is why women start saying they feel stuck. Another reason why this is a bad reason to wait is because you could ask for wisdom. Ask somebody else, where did you start? If this is where I think I'm supposed to move, like what would you do next? You don't have to keep waiting here because you're not sure where to start. Number four, I've already started and now I feel stuck. This is a bad reason to wait because you are not stuck in Jesus' name. The enemy loves to convince women, especially women on mission, that they're stuck because it is not an actual place you can be. And so there is no anecdote for it. So what I'm saying is you're always going to feel stuck if you start to say you're stuck because there is no answer for a problem that doesn't exist. You are not stuck. Here's what we like to say. You can go up. You can worship God. Worship often moves us out of feeling stuck. You can go down. You can repent. You can tell God you're sorry for the thing that you did was wrong. You can tell other people you're sorry and then move forward. You can take a step back and look at God's previous faithfulness in your life. Praise Him for that, enact some gratitude, and you can always, in the name of Jesus, take a step forward in some way, shape, or form. You are not stuck. It's not a good reason to wait. Lastly, don't say that you're waiting because you're scared, because you will literally never be able to act courageously or in bravery without feeling scared. The presence of courage, the presence of bravery is only possible when you're scared. So when you hear all those people talk about going scared, that's what they mean. If you wait until you are not scared, you will be waiting until you are dead because life is daunting and running on mission is daunting and using your God-given gifts and stepping out in faithfulness is terrifying. The great news is we have access to the spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead mm -hmm. and Holy Spirit empowers us to go while we're scared, to go humbly and to ask for his help, to go as slow as we need to go, but you're not stuck and you don't have to wait just because you're scared. Anything else you'd add him? I think you summed it all up. I think that's really good. Even where you're like, when I'm not sure where to start, I think a lot of times like we make it again back at ourselves and it turns into like a pride thing because it's like, I don't really know where to start because we're scared of failing yeah. and then it ties all in. Yeah. I mean, I think that it's like in terms of just waiting is like encouragement for you is like, you're not forgotten. God hasn't forgotten you, but also he's not scared of you coming to him and saying, God, I feel forgotten. God, am I seen? God, do other people see me? And going back to like what Jess said of like getting equipped and being burdened is like, if you're wondering if you're seen or forgotten and you're begging God to show you, also you can look out and see other women who are feeling and seeing that same thing. And you get to see them. Come on. You get to tell them, hey, God hasn't forgotten you. And in telling other people, 
it's just going to be that encouragement back into you. That's going to be like God whispering back into you of like, you are my daughter. You are my chosen. I have not forgotten you. And I have a plan and you get to speak that into other people. So in this season of waiting, like you're not alone and he has not forgotten you. And while you are in this space is like, yes, he has so much for you. And I'm just excited to see what that is. Come on. You are not forgotten. In Jesus' name, so good. Hey, friends, we're waiting alongside you. We are eager to hear what God's doing in your life as you wait, and we'd love to hear from you. Make sure you join our Go and Tell Girls Facebook community on Facebook or DM us or shoot us a message. Whatever you need to do, we'd love to hear from you. God is mighty in you. We're proud of you. Let's go and tell and let's wait well. Amen? Amen. Thanks for joining us for today's podcast episode. We would be so blessed if you would take a minute to leave a review wherever you've listened to this podcast. You're also welcome and encouraged to share this on Instagram, Facebook, wherever you use social media. We'd also love to hear from you. DM us on Instagram or send us a message on Facebook. Shoot us an email. We love to connect with you to hear how we can encourage you and further equip you. God is mighty in you. Let's keep going. Thank you.